And today's episode, we are on a whim. We showed up today and we were having kind of like, I'm going to be honest, like a little bit of an argument before starting to roll and our producer helped us diffuse it. <laughs> and, um, but it all stemmed from what we're going through right now and feeling like we maybe don't understand each other because we gaslit ourselves while going through trauma. And that brings us to the topic today, which is toxic relationships. What makes a relationship toxic and how can someone gaslight you and how can you gaslight yourself? What is all this and why does it create so much disruption in your mind and in your relationships with other people? It's just, there's a lot to unpack here. Hey guys, I'm Nikki and I'm Gabby. So I said that we've been gaslighting ourselves regarding the trauma we've went through. How would you explain what gaslighting yourself means? So from my perspective, I think gaslighting myself was convincing myself the relationship or relationships with friends or uh, love interest. I lie to myself, like lying to yourself um, about what something is. For example, like a friend, accidentally manipulating yourself. Yes. Like, a, for example, a friend that loves to come around for trips. I used to tell myself, oh, like they just love being around me. No. Now that I know, I'm like, oh, this friend comes around for trips or for bags. So when or- you gaslit yourself, did you know deep down that friend was using you, but you would gaslight yourself and tell yourself something different? Yeah. Uh, or I would tell the the internet a different narrative. Like I noticed that. So that way people, when there is a falling out because you finally came to your senses, then people would shame you. Like, but, but you said they were such a good friend. Like, and then you accidentally gaslit yourself to your yes. audience and gaslit yourself to your. Yes. F- so people have the wrong idea of why a falling out happened and almost judge you. And almost be- like villainize myself. Because you were protecting this person because you wanted it to be one way but it actually was something else that you were ignoring and this has happened with multiple friendships past relationships like you could even like everyone knows my first real boyfriend was an asshole everyone knows he serial cheated on me I'm not like like I I don't shy about I don't I don't get shy about that topic because I feel like it's very very relatable and I want my followers who are going through similar situations to know like there's a light at the end of that tunnel because that was a very very dark tunnel I but feel the same. I even made that relationship look so great. And I noticed we touched base on this in other uh, episodes, but I have, I have had this issue where I make things look like a fairy tale. And I think it's more of like the, I want validation from other people. So I paint stories and I, I paint scenarios to look a way that they're not. And not to say my past relationship was like horrible, but it definitely wasn't Romeo and Juliet. And, and I you literally dress like Romeo and Juliet and post it as Romeo and Juliet constantly. Yeah. And so I took note, mental note that I, if I want to believe something, I paint something a certain way so people can see it that way. And that's like gaslighting myself when something happens, then they're like, wait, but wasn't it this way? So I have learned for future relationships, I am not putting them in my work online, branding them. Not like I'm, I'm never going to brand a relationship because that was my form of gaslighting myself. I wanted people to tell me, yes, it's perfect in the comments so that I wouldn't walk away. So 
where it actually becomes gaslighting, it's not the act of lying about the truth of a relationship. It's when you have everyone in your life fully convinced one thing. Like from my perspective, I had my family thinking one thing and that wasn't the case, but I was only having them think that one thing to protect the person I loved. They thought I was unhappy because they knew me really well, but I would act on like, no, like that's just how we are. Like I'm fine. And then when shit hit the fan and I actually like pulled the plug, my family was like, you can't do that. Poor this person, poor this person. Yes. I always so hear then, the, pe- the people be like, Oh, poor yeah. them. But I'm, I'm like, yo, wait, hold but then up. All of a sudden you realize <laughs> It's not that your family is trying to gaslight you. They're gaslighting you because you told them a lie. So you gaslight yourself. It's like kind of confusing unless you go through it. But you're lying to yourself and lying to other people by hiding the truth. Not necessarily like straight up lying, but like hiding the truth, you know? Like the definition of gaslighting is to make someone question their sanity and feel crazy spinning the truth and taking the blame off yourself and putting it on them and just making the person hella confused. So when I say gaslighting yourself, you will confuse yourself by lying to yourself and lying to others because the people that love you will have the wrong idea and won't give you the best advice or have your back because you, it's your, it comes back to what you, what you've told them. So you gaslit yourself. So aside from that, Talking about relationships, can you be in a toxic relationship that isn't romantic? Yes. Oh my goodness. Like friendships can totally be toxic. There's such thing as a toxic friend that you don't know is toxic until you remove yourself from the friendship. Just similarly to a romantic relationship. Sometimes when you get out of a certain relationship with anybody who's toxic to you, you realize, oh my God, wait, that was toxic. Sometimes well, it doesn't hit you till way later. I feel like we keep throwing around the terms gaslight and toxic. I feel like we even have to like step it back a second for people that haven't even had a best friend yet or a partner. Like what classifies someone as toxic? What are red flags? So let's start there Ooh. and then let's get into the nitty gritty. Personally, I think toxicity begins when you feel like when you feel uneasy within around a specific person and you feel like you have to mold to someone other than yourself or say things or do things out of your own character or morals or or your own values to please a person or to prevent a fight or to, to convenience them and inconvenience yourself for the sake of saving a relationship. It's not genuine, but you wish that it was and it's a lot of um I think there it's just it goes based off of how you feel inside I think your body will tell you when something is toxic or starting to become toxic but it's up to us to listen to our listen to our guts and our and try to make our well-being priority or toxic relationships become toxic when we ignore those feelings and we just try to suppress and keep going and then before you know it you're in a toxic relationship with a friend or a partner and you don't know how you got there and you have an attachment with the highs but you also don't let go during the lows and you almost 
just keep it going. And then it just gets more and more toxic because there's no boundaries because you don't listen to yourself. That is how I think a toxic you relationship teach people forms. how they treat you. And I've noticed in my experience with toxic relationships, friendships, I've noticed that I've taught people how I don't want to be treated. I taught them it was okay. Like, to be treated in the way that I didn't, that it wasn't okay with me. And that to me is my biggest red flag that someone's toxic because I am more focused on appeasing them, making them happier than making myself happier. And those friendships I've noticed, I've caught myself saying things where I'm like, why did I just say that? You know what I mean? And um, yeah, you just, you don't recognize yourself. That That's another Something I didn't realize was how simple it really is to navigate toxic and healthy. I thought it was like this complicated thing. And I would be like, is this toxic? Is this, if you have to ask, is this, then it isn't good for you. I think that when like love is light, love is warm, love is freedom, love is peace and safety. And you can be yourself And it feels so good. Love is the best feeling in the world. Like, how do you feel with your fucking dog? That's pure love. You know what I mean? It's like just the best fucking feeling. But if you are around a person and you don't feel like that, you got to listen to yourself. And that's how that's simply how, you know, there's been like, you can love someone who is toxic. You can be in love and feel that uneasy feeling like love and misery can coexist. Do you believe that toxic people stay the same or can change? I think they can, but it takes it takes real commitment. And if you are in a toxic relationship, you can't wait around and hurt yourself and your growth and your vibrations hoping that this person changes. And to be honest, people that need the most healing will not heal if you if if it's easy. You have to almost love yourself and respect yourself more to walk away from this friendship with memories, to walk away from this relationship that you thought was your forever. So that way they can grow. You're not helping them if you keep um, if you keep giving them what they want and giving them instant gratification and staying by their side. They're never going to grow if you don't do the hard part. Well, there, this gets me going on this topic now about how you teach people how to treat you. Do you ever feel like someone could totally not be a toxic person, but then end up in a relationship with someone who has their own demons and things to heal and it brings out a toxic side to them that they didn't even know existed because they don't know how to handle someone who hasn't fixed or cured their... Gabby, nobody's born toxic. Nobody's born a bad egg. It all stems from trauma and how we were raised and are we going to like actually reflect and recognize our bad shit or are we going to brush it under the rug and project it and gaslight it onto somebody else? And there's been really good people that have become toxic. I think that's, that actually hurts more because when you can tell someone's a good person, but they're not awake within themselves and aware of who they actually are and how toxic they've become, that is so hard to leave a good person. Oh my God. I think a lot there's a thing called a covert narcissist where it's a narcissist who 
is kind of like a secretive narcissist where they know how to, it's called the good guy. They come off like a good guy. They are a good guy. They're a good son. They're a good friend. They're a good sibling. They're selfless. No, they don't have enemies, but they within like inner, like within close intimate relationships, they make almost mental contracts. That's why it's called covert narcissist. They make mental contracts within themselves. Well, if I do this for them, they just have to do this for me. They're obligated. And if they don't, then I'm going to make them hate themselves for not doing that for me. And it's like, a, that a is mental, like such a game. It's like, it's a mental, but they don't know they're doing it. A lot of them. And it's a mental contract. So for example, if you go to holidays with, with their family f- this one year, or then they expect you. Yeah. So if you go to holidays with this person's family and then the, the next holiday, you still don't want to go with their family they're going to literally be like, well, I'm leaving you then because you said you, or because you went, you didn't show up at my family and you're doing it again a second time. But, but then you could say, but I never Anybody said I was going to go. Is threatening to leave you yeah. is a toxic human. That is yeah. manipulation. That is like, yeah. they think, they think they know that you, you must give them some sort of power where they think you can't live without them. So basically what I'm saying is like, they say that the mental contract they made was, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be really sweet. I'm going to be the good guy and say, don't worry about it. Go spend the holidays with your family because next time this happens, she has to come to my family, but they won't verbalize it. So then the, when that situation presents itself and you actually still choose to go to your family for the next holiday, all of a sudden there'll be a blow up and you're the bad guy. And there's a threat and you just want to simmer the drama. So then you give in and you're like, fine, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And then that's the covert Are you narcissist speaking from experience. That I was very I like specific. Put, I'm, I'm, I like to give examples. <laughs> I like to give examples. I'm not trying to out you. Um, no, I like to give examples because I think there's people that haven't been in relationships and it's, that's things to look out for. Someone could be such a good guy and be like, go have a girl's night. You deserve it. And then all of a sudden, it happens again and you want to have another girl's night again, but because they let you the first time and they want to do something with you that night, they'll literally blow up at you. And, and you're like, whoa, whoa, this wasn't communicated. And then you feel like the bad guy that's covert. Like it's withholding a mental contract. That's not fair to the other party. Cause they didn't know that they agreed to that contract. Cause they didn't. There's so many different types of narcissists giving someone any kind of power where they think like you couldn't survive without them. That's when I think talk toxic, traits will start unveiling themselves if it's a healthy person if it's like a really healthy partnership friendship that person it'll make them feel light and warm that that you feel that way about them but if it's a toxic person they will milk that to its advantage and unfortunately those who anxiously attach themselves in in the way where they really feel like they can't survive without a certain person Unfortunately, these people fall victim to these types of people, toxic, narcissistic people and relationships because they almost need that. And that's why it's so it's so important to feel full in yourself before you start putting yourself out there because you want to attract the right people. Yeah, that's why they say you can't get in a healthy relationship before you actually really love yourself and man is that true i see so many like 20 year olds like an 18 year olds like really in serious relationships and i can't help but wonder is it healthy because 
I don't know any 18 year old that really knows themselves and loves themselves unless they had literally no trauma growing up. And like they were in a very healthy household with great love and they know who the fuck they are. But I, to be honest, I don't know any 18 to 24 year old who is like, I'm re- like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Whenever you're not a healthy individual and you don't have self-love, you can't set boundaries. And if you can't set boundaries, there will be someone that will take advantage of how good and selfless and nice well, you yeah, are. When you're, I told myself this year, actually, I was like, I trust who I fall in love with at 27 versus 20. When I was 20, I had no idea what a boundary was. I had, I didn't set any boundaries for myself. And I taught my then boyfriend what, how to treat me. And no matter how much I wanted to enforce those boundaries now as, as a 26, 27 year old, you can't go back six years. You've already taught someone how to treat you. So I look and and I'm not judging relationships that start when they're 18, 19, 20, 21, but I can't help but look at these people who are marrying like their high school sweethearts, college sweethearts. I'm like, I wonder if, if they're okay, because I know when you're that young, it's hard. It's hard to, to learn how you're teaching someone to treat you. We keep throwing around the word toxic. And I think if you really want to dive into it, narcissism and toxicity comes from extreme low self-esteem mixed with no empathy. And ego, 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 ego. Everything that is done is out of ego. So you always see these hot girls getting cheated on or you see these hot girls so sad over these guys that are there that are not like essentially in their league. And they're crying and hung up on these guys that are just so average. And it's because of the power imbalance. It's because of... It's because of the power dynamic the man set and and what the girl let them get away with. And ironically, you think that these average guys are like, they think they're the shit. No, 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 no. Let's unravel it. They're actually aware that you're out of their league. They're aware that you're a cat. That's why they're treating you like this. That's why why they're cheating on you. They want to keep you in a place where they'll say like no one else is going to love you like me or good luck trying to find someone else because they genuinely want to scare you into staying with them because they have that low of self-esteem. They don't think if they were a genuine person that you would, that they would, that you would actually stay with them if they were actually a good person. Like what I'm literally telling you guys, like you cannot give anybody your romantically involved with or in a friendship with the power and knowing that or thinking, cause you can live without them in thinking that you can't live without them. You can like you came this far on your own, you came all the way this far without them in your life. You could go that much further without them. It's, it's great when someone adds joy to your life, but the moment you go, ha, ah, and you cling on to them, it's, it's done. It's game over because no matter how sweet they were in the beginning, no matter how you just can't, you can't put someone on a pedestal and expect them to treat you right. Like you really can't because the second they know that you put them on a pedestal, they're going to feel like, oh, I'm I they're going to stay with me no matter what. So I can manipulate to get my way. Who wouldn't want to get their way? But if you actually respect yourself and have boundaries from the start, I think that's how a marriage can last and be happy and healthy and fulfilling. There's a difference between putting someone on, on a pedestal and just being very, very sweet to them. For example, like if you 
if it interferes with like work and they or, and friendships and they know that like you're gonna put them before all that that's not good you're showing them too much power but if you're just like coming home from work and you're like oh i'm gonna get myself some food i'm gonna pick up food for my friend too and then just bring the food that's just be just being nice but like what i'm saying is going out of your way that's like the biggest no no like to that is where I've noticed in, in the past with friendships specifically, not even like mainly romantic, just friendships. I've noticed when I put my work to the side to fulfill friendships and pleasing them, that is truly when it was like game over for the friendships because it showed them too much power. And I taught them that in the relationship, it's okay to be unbalanced. So that leads me to... My next question, can you make someone toxic? Yes. You you someone that you're friends with could totally not be toxic to their other friendships but could be toxic specifically to your friendship because of how you teach them to treat you. It all comes back to it really all spins back on ourselves. Feeling like it yourself, really does. Feeling your inner child knowing that if a friendship doesn't work out with one person, it doesn't mean that there's no you have no friends, you're a friendless loser, there's no people that are going to ever treat you that way or have fun with you in that way ever again. No, you got to stop lying to yourself. I think you're people gaslighting stay, yourself in that way too. I think people stay and ha- and find themselves making a person toxic and their relationship toxic because they truly are scared to get out of their own little bubble. So they hold on to these people thinking these are the only options you have as friends. This is the only option you have for a relationship. I think getting out of your bubble and out of your comfort zone can actually wake you up to the kind of love you can receive and it can be healthy and you can have friendships where they respect you and give you space, but also want to know how you actually are instead of just using you for whatever you bring to the table. Fear and worry are literally from the devil. The, wor- the most the demonic, fear the most demonic and feelings. worry are the worst negative type of demonic energy. It is not in any way associated with God, heaven, positivity. You, The moment you are fearing and worrying, you're not trusting the universe or God or whatever you believe in. You're not trusting the process and you're going to stunt your own growth. You're not going to manifest. You're not going to enter the path that you're supposed to be on. Worry and fear ruins everything and it sure as hell ruins relationships and you... You basically teach people to treat you like shit. When I you wish fear and people worry. understood how to ignore that fear voice in their heads because it would make people be able to set boundaries and create healthy relationships and not be in toxic relationships. And I also think it would help the narcissistic abuser because I think they come from such a low self-esteem place, such a place of fear that they use ugly ways to keep someone around. And that's instilling fear because they fear themselves everyone's a scared little kid underneath they're scared we're scared and abusive relationships are two scared people for two different reasons they're scared and it's like fear is just horrible why fear that fear that comes in is a stupid emotion because the future hasn't happened yet it has not happened yet it does it does not exist so if you give in to fear you're giving into this fake thing your brain's making up. It could be better than what you imagine, but you don't know that, but you're thinking the worst. And fear is not real. It's not fucking real. It makes you worry about things that aren't there. It's an illusion. I read fear somewhere is, on Instagram that fear is an illusion. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Someone said this on a TikTok yesterday, and um, I just feel like it's important to say this in this certain 
episode, it says your secrets are your only weapon. And where I think this comes to play with the whole toxic friend or partner scenario is the moment, like say you really do feel like you can't live without someone, whether it's a friend, your boyfriend, girlfriend, even if you feel that way, you don't say it because then that's when it turns toxic. If you love them, if you really feel like you can't live without them, sleep with that thought, hold that to yourself because the moment you show anybody who's in a relationship with you, how crazy strongly you feel, it it will turn it toxic, whether that's a toxic person or not. In every friendship that I've lost, every friendship, it's, it's because I gave, I gave so much away that I felt in here that even if you do feel that way, I've told myself, don't even express that out here because that is what has ruined every friendship for me. That same thing in a friendship I've literally stayed at a friend's house and like multiple times gone on trips with this person and just felt so uneasy in my stomach did you ever tell them like that like I'm so glad you're on this trip with me like I feel like like nobody else would do this like don't these people I think and specifically to our situation would see that me and Gabby had a small bubble we were we had trust issues we didn't think we could get close to anyone else we really held people tight that were there from college because we didn't want to make friends as established business women influencers because we didn't trust we anybody. didn't know our worth for so a while these people saw oh they're not going to make other friends so we can we could literally get away with murder like we can get go on these free vacations we can get all of our shots paid for we can get these bottle services we can get these party buses yeah because nikki and gabby like we make them feel so special. Like I get it. It's great. Honestly, it's great being a good friend and being like, yeah, I'll get your drink tonight or yeah, let's go on a, let's go on a trip. But there, there was a huge toxic pattern in our early twenties. Our early twenties really stand so out to fucking me bad. where Nikki and I, like even, I was literally so toxic that I told myself, well, Hey, like at least I have people around. Like I didn't care if I was buying constant shots and drinks for strangers and friends like I was like oh these people are around like I remember telling myself that at like 23 which is really sad but I feel like once you start doing something for someone it's really hard to stop I feel like you can create a toxic relationship a relationship can start out really healthy and really good for you but then it can turn so bad so quick if you get codependent to the person And they know that. And I think that there were a lot of times in the past where people just knew like Nikki's Nikki's not going to try to find another friend. She values this too much. She's not going to try to leave the relationship. She values it too much. So I'm not going to show up and go to this thing she planned because I don't feel like it, but I know she's not going to leave and I don't have to respond to Nikki's text for the next six months and just blame it on work but she won't leave she'll understand do you feel like some toxic relationships some of the worst ones are like work relationships like not not personal relationships like in business like people you work with because from my experience this past year Mm -hmm. I think I have had some of the most toxic work relationships more toxic than like personal toxic relationships I think that I've actually struggled more in my personal life. I went through a major detox of 
a ton of relationships that I were in my life in 2020 that are not in my life anymore. Work just because it's a work relationship doesn't mean that you can let people walk all over you too. It's I think that I've struggled in my personal life with narcissistic relationships because I throw myself into work. I work really hard. So I really don't have a good work life balance or so I had I hadn't in the past. I think now it's better. But when I was transitioning out of that, realizing I want a better personal life than I don't I don't just want to be that bitch that has a great job and goes home alone and has no friends. So I realized I had to start changing things. And like you said, when when people in relationships get used to it one way and you try to change it, they're not going to comply. You've already trained the dog. The dog is already used to this one way of life. And that's it. So I had to cut people off and um, it was really hard, but I think that it only became that way because I gave my personal life no time. And I think your personal life deserves like to be watered. Like you need to grow your garden. If you're just watering your job, you're only going to have employees that are friends. You got to set boundaries with your own personal life. You got to focus on yourself first before like it just goes back to that. You got to do you before you do others. Like if you are an unhealed person, if you don't set boundaries to yourself with work or self-care or any of those basics, you are totally going to attract the wrong people. You need to be your highest version of yourself, your highest vibrational self to bring in the right people and to be treated correctly. But some people feel and I'm speaking from experience that they know their vibrations aren't the highest they can be. They know this person is bringing them down, but they feel like they cannot leave and they know it's probably toxic, but they, they, they know in their head, I'm going to commit to this toxic relationship and try to make the best out of it because I cannot live without this person. Let's talk about codependency because that is what keeps you in a toxic relationship. It's codependent. Uh, codependency uh, codependency guilt attachment styles anxious attachment you know and anxious attachment style that's important to talk about too yeah codependency and anxious attachment style that's something me and gabby really had to break this year i'm actually i'm learning this year i'm avoidant attachment style well now i am my therapist told me that you can change i used I to always used to was be anxious. anxious i think putting myself in really codependent relationships and being anxious in those is what created this avoidant tendency in me now I think just experiencing what I've experienced and I feel like I truly feel like people can flip-flop anxious avoidant depending on what situation they're in um but I do feel like we're like working on yourself doesn't stop at a certain point you always have to work on yourself because you might think oh I hit this milestone I did this I attracted the right person I'm my highest vibration I can stop now no because then you will just go back into past patterns and you might even turn something great into something bad you always have to work on yourself life is constantly not being comfortable the second you're comfortable it's not gonna last long it's like there's always something thrown at you in life and to ignore your feelings and just try to keep things like just the same is almost impossible and I think that's when you start ignoring yourself and, and neglecting yourself and you don't neglect yourself. You know, it's really, really Give yourself credit. 
it's really scary when you're not used to one thing and you're never really alone. Like, for example, Nikki and I were twins. We were born into this world together. We are automatically codependent human beings. It's it's almost not fair because I feel like I've seen what a healthy individual is like. And I'm growing up, I was like, wow, I could have never done school by myself. I could have never done dance class by myself. I could have never had those friends by myself. But being an adult, being this age and sometimes having no choice, but to do things on my own sister across the world, like vice versa, going on trips by herself, work endeavors. Sometimes when you go from being codependent to being automatically forced into independency, you experience the most growth and you learn about yourself and you got to form that relationship with yourself by yourself on your own, learn everything by yourself so that God forbid you do land something great in your life, whether it's a great friendship or great partner, you know that even if you lost them, you'll be okay. And I think that is truly what put me in the worst relationships before learning this independency because I just didn't want to be alone. I used to look on Zillow, like knowing like I wasn't happy. I was going through highs and lows, like any relationship in my past relationship. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it was horrible because we're not together anymore. There were highs and lows, but I remember during the lowest of lows, we we were talking about moving and looking at Zillow. And I remember looking at Zillow houses and apartments and I'm just like, I kind of want to just live on my own. I remember thinking that and I was like, oh, but I can't. Looking at like the house and picturing living, moving in, like going through the move-in process, living there by myself. I was like, I can't do it. I remember thinking that. And that's so crazy now because I live in a house by myself now. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of growth. And sometimes you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable to grow. I thought a few years ago before ever buying this house, I thought, okay, after this apartment in PA, I'm going to be bi-coastal. I'm going to get another apartment in LA and I'm going to be bi-coastal. And then I remember telling myself, oh, but I can't because he doesn't want to be. You can do anything you fucking want. I was 24 right before the pandemic. I was like, I want to be bi-coastal again. I had just moved home from LA and I was ready. And I'm like, but he doesn't want to. So I'm not, I can't, I can't do anything you fucking want. Like I've just making decisions. Like you're married when you're not even married. You don't owe anyone anything. Oh, please. People don't marry the person before you're actually married. You'll wait years and years oh. and years for the ring. You'll wait months and months and months to get proposed to. Like, it's just don't uh-uh. be like, literally, you just hit another topic that's so important. Like, I see so many girls become the wifey, giving someone so much care and nurturing and them not get anything back. And for what? That's not fair to you when it's not the fifties. I've almost wondered what is the attraction in making that person happy if you're not get, if you're not happy. Loving yeah. so, so I think there's like this confusion, and I do blame religion sometimes and the vows that we all have to take when we get married. Loving someone for better or for worse is like the worst vow because if someone's being worse and you're not okay. Don't love them through better or for worse. Loving someone is not suffering for them. Loving like, is not suffering. Loving is not suffering. Like, like for example, if your partner is like hitting you or calling you names and you're like, oh, but I love him. But he's just going through it. I love him for better or for worse. I took a vow. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? No. This, this is why I, I have so many different beliefs on like marriage now. I, I That's a whole different episode. I know we say that all the time, but like what are you getting out of being like, I will let him mistreat me because it's just his bad day. Like 
It's 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 his worst, and I'm standing think, by him, and I love him. I think that's like a form of like prison. It's like that feels like prison to me. Doing or my like, best. It feels like prison or purgatory. <laughs> it's like you married this person. Now what? They're treating you like shit. They're get. They're like manipulating you, gaslighting you. You're miserable. You know, ego is such a complex thing. Like. I feel like some people just want to prove something to themselves. It's like validation. It's, I do feel like when you say, oh, I'm going to stand by this person through better for worse. Oh, he literally fucked seven girls. I saw all the text messages, but I'm going to stay with him because he's going through his worst. I almost feel like that's a validation thing. Like, I don't even think that's romantic. I don't think at all. Like, not saying like my past person did not cheat on me, like did not cheat on me, but, um, I'm saying as this is, as an example, I've heard women in engagements, marriages, friendships, even like it's so uneven. Sometimes people feel though that they can't leave because of financial situations. I I've even heard of this happening where, like, a friend of ours' parent went through this. Where like you know you're married for twenty years to a to the breadwinner you feel like you can be a stay-at-home mom that some people dreamed of to be a stay-at-home mom and have the husband work, which could be a really good situation if that's what both parties want. But then suddenly the relationship goes sour and you are faced with a decision. Do I stay and keep my family together and, or do I leave knowing I haven't worked for 20 years and I, and I don't have a college degree and I'm going to be fucked financially and I probably won't be able to get a job anywhere because I haven't worked in 20 years. That's a situation. Holy shit. Yeah. In this case, this person's mom, God bless her, went to nursing school while her kids were in high school. Like this woman is like so fucking strong. But there's situations where people go, well, I I can't. I literally can't. And I can't start over. I just can't do it. And I fucking feel for those people. And sometimes the way the world is set up and the way the world works Sometimes it isn't in favor of women in those situations. And sometimes that's why they literally have to stay. Even if it's a loveless relationship, even though, even if they caught on to it being toxic and, but they, they sometimes you, you know, they can sit, they can get help, they can get therapy, they can talk to friends. But at the end of the day, they're the only ones that are going to have to make those changes and go through all of that pain to somehow get out of it on top. And sometimes they're too scared and it's really easier to stay. And that's sad or that wow yeah i know exactly what you're talking about and yeah wow there's a situation where women after 20 years of marriage if they're unhappy they feel like they can't leave because they, they've been a stay-at-home mom raising kids and now they haven't worked for 20 years and they can't afford to go back to school i've and- heard um an older woman say before very awful marriage say well who, well, who am i gonna date at 50 something years old who's gonna want me i'm fat it's i'm just- old it gets harder. That is like, that's why it's important now that we are like those of you who are watching that are young, like look out for those red flags. Now take action now before you keep digging your hole deeper. You may love this person. Trust me. Love is a very hard, real feeling. And you'll know when you're in love with somebody, but sometimes it's easier to just rip the bandaid off and do the hard thing now than when you're four kids deep and 20 years unemployed. Like, honestly, it just gets worse. You just keep digging your hole worse and worse. The truth comes out. Eventually, people have a breaking point. Suppressing only lasts so long. I would love this generation to just be that woke to 
catch the red flags before they commit. Yeah. And I'd say I do believe every person like on earth definitely has their issues. Like no one's perfect. I'm sure every person on earth has at least one red flag, but it becomes a problem when there's constant like self inconveniencing. That's, I think that's the number one thing that you guys need to look out for because no matter what relationship you're in work, friendship, romantic, if you are inconveniencing yourself in any sort of way for a person, that is like the biggest. So we keep focusing on like ourselves and like our self growth and being selfish and a good kind of selfish. But there are those parents out there that have children. And I do believe once you have a kid, your life is not about you anymore. It's about the kids. Um, those parents that feel like they're, they're single moms, I feel like they can't leave a toxic relationship because they don't want their kids to watch their parent go through that. And they don't, or they don't want to struggle financially with kids. I understand that. But I also want to say coming from my own situation, seeing what I saw growing up, I think that you're teaching your kids a very valuable lesson that will really help them one day stopping this cycle. I think if, if they could see a strong like woman be able to leave, you're teaching them something. I think parents sometimes feel like they have to be martyrs for their kids, but you're teaching your kids when they're, why don't you leave for the kids, but when the kids, but when you're a parent one day, when, when your kids are parents one day, are you going to want to see them be a martyr too? So it's like they teach by example. It's, but also sometimes people can't. And I, yeah. And I cannot speak for, I, I don't know people's situations, but I also think it, it takes a lot of strength to do that. But I think the children would really appreciate it one day. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes people say, well, I don't want a broken family because maybe they had a broken family growing up. Maybe they didn't like it, but. Or maybe they were raised with a perfect household and they want the same for their yep. family. But at the end of the day, you can't help if something isn't healthy anymore. It's not just your fault. And I think that sometimes the kids would probably wish that they had a safe place to come home from school to and with not no come fights. home to fighting. Because then that becomes their burden. Yeah, It's the thinking about all these things. And then I think that you're teaching your children. It, it really comes to parenting. If you're raised thinking... I need someone or you're raised seeing a codependent parent, odds are they're going to be the same way. And I think we can only have empathy for ourselves because we're doing our best from what we saw growing up. And if we're trying to change a trauma cycle that was passed down from generations, that's going to take insane healing and a lot of fucking pain. This topic on toxicity, we could go on and on with different types of relationships. And honestly, I would love to break down each type of relationship and the toxic traits and how to deal with it and what to do. But what I will say is sometimes, because we're using these words a lot, sometimes we got to tell our audience, you you got to look in the mirror too. Not everyone around you is a toxic person. You could be the toxic person yourself. Ooh, this is a good one. It's not always pointing fingers. That work relationship, this friendship, uh, this romantic partner, if you're constantly going through breakups with friends, being like, oh, I, I was friends with that person. I was friends with this person. Maybe you got to look in the mirror. Let's talk about what we think was our toxic traits or toxic traits we're still trying to work on. Yes. 
I'll go first because I'm listening to this and I'm just like, wow, yeah, like I definitely I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm so I'm like so innocent. Like, no, I've I've been a toxic person before. I think all of us humans have had toxic scenarios in our lives, us being to blame. Um, So one of my toxic traits is. In the past, I would get mad at people for doing things that I've done. Definitely. And I think I'm still like a working bit like on hypocritical. It. Hypocrite, yes. Hypocritical. My toxic trait was something that was pushing friends away and I didn't know why. And it was not my communication because I'm good with words. It was the tone of my voice. <laughs> it, it was um, also like p- not picking my battles. It was the tone of my voice and not picking my battles. I, If I had an opinion or I was hurt about something, I would always send that. I was that friend that would send a paragraph text explaining my feelings of why my feelings were hurt. I would do that in relationships. I would address everything that hurt me. And um, I also would do that in person, but sound like I'm yelling. So then people would be like, I don't want to deal with that. And then they'd fall off. Now I realized the power in silence speaks for itself. If someone wronged you, if someone used you, they know. They know. Yeah. You don't have to address everything. And then odds are it'll it'll you'll maintain a relationship yeah. better. No one wants drama. And I think I became kind of dramatic because it seemed that way because I was constantly like bringing shit up. And I think picking my battles, it, it's not suppressing your feelings. It's OK. Is she having a bad day? And can I address this later? Or is she like, is this? something that needs to be addressed right now it's just simple like timing like is this appropriate you know and that brings me then to this one about me that I definitely am still working on is my unbothered mode where I try to act so unbothered when something's very much so bothering me people tell me Gabby you look like you bounce when you lose a friendship it looks like it doesn't bother you when you lose a relationship it looks like it doesn't bother you you look so unbothered and I'm like whoa because it's really bothering me so I must have the art of acting unbothered when I'm very bothered and I think that is definitely a toxic trait I think it's like a mask it's like a disguise I it's very unhealthy I also think another toxic trait of mine is ghosting I went from doing the paragraphs to now disappearing it's because you you shifted from anxious to avoidant now yeah because I think I saw how bad being anxious attachment led my life and then I started getting scared of confrontation and now people have to chase me down for answers people have to I think that instead of saying why is that person so bad or why are they so toxic? It's, I feel like the world should almost look at things like how can, what does this person have to heal from? We're all on a healing journey. Every individual, even a narcissist is healing. Maybe they had a narcissistic parent and they didn't know it. Maybe they, they picked it up and they don't know it. They could try to be good, but maybe they just have childhood against them and they really got to face some yeah, shit i almost feel bad we this whole time we've been saying this toxic person toxic person toxic this labeling the word toxic it's like i feel like labeling someone or something as toxic is toxic because everybody is hurting and hurt people hurt people like it's just a known thing so it's like at the end of the day instead of calling someone oh that is a very toxic person i'm gonna say that is a very hurt person hurt and unhealed very unhealed person so yeah, guys, I think in, when you're being wronged by someone, I would just think 
they need healing and they need to learn what, what do they need to heal from? They're not, they're clearly not healed because healed people can, can actually be aware of themselves and create healthy boundaries and be a good friend. You can tell who in health, like you can tell if someone's a healthy individual. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's really, really hard for Nikki and I to talk about this topic because we aren't perfect. We still have healing to do. We still have our problems. I don't want us sitting here talking about toxic people. I don't want it to look like, ah, we're so, we're so perfect. Like everyone around us is so toxic. Like, no, not at all. We're Nikki and I are toxic or, or hurt unhealed. Okay. We're not going to use the word toxic. We're very hurt and unhealed, but we're, we're working towards healing every single day. Working on yourself is something you got to do every day. You can't just stop at a certain point because you think you've made it. You always have to work on yourself. And I think you're going to like pretty much attract better relationships and you're going to go through better experiences when you know that you're working on yourself and you feel the growth. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Let us know in the comments down below on the YouTube video what else you guys want to hear us talk about. If there's anything specifically in this conversation you want us to elaborate further on. Um, also, if you guys are listening on Spotify or any streaming service, definitely check out our YouTube channel. Um, we definitely love to talk about very dramatic topics, but let us know if you want to hear, hear us talk about anything funny because I do feel like lately we've been kind of sitting on the heavier topics. I'm almost interested in talking about something a little lighter. Um, but yeah, that was it for this episode. Yeah. Like we read the comments. So be sure to comment, leave your recommendations. Us and our producer always scroll through the comments and we have like a group chat and we're like, should we do this topic? And it's all from you guys. So comment, like the video. If you like this topic, that'll also show us what to keep. Do you guys give us the feedback. So we yeah. just want to follow you guys. Give it a thumbs up. Subscribe if you like this because we do post every week. Um, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Turn on your notifications. And also follow us over on our TikTok and Instagram because we do a lot of polls and surveys. And we engage a lot with you guys over there. And we're still growing those socials. So you guys get a lot of love over there because it's very like a personal little space. So go check those out. And yeah, we'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.